Hey family, welcome to the Kinship Collective Podcast. I am Mark and this is a conversation that ends otherness. We are telling stories that cultivate kinship and reimagine scripture and we're doing that together. Man, it's been a minute. Welcome to episode 67. We are back and we are focused on having conversations with people that remind us of our connectedness, that remind us of our kinship. And this week, that means we get to have a conversation with my sister, Lane Kelly Sims. She's a voiceover actor who has evolved to meet the many challenging moments in her life and her career. She generously shares her story and her tears as we talk about what it was like going from insecurity to confidence. And then we reflected on Psalms 44 together. Before we get into the conversation, I just want to say thank you to everyone who showed up to our family reunion fundraiser. It was so beautiful, so meaningful, just absolutely captured and displayed our essence of who we are and who we want to be in the world. There was so much laughter, so much smile, so much good food, so much dancing, and also just so much meaningful conversation with so many new friends that felt like family. So thank you for coming out. We will have some updates about when you can join one of our upcoming cohorts. And we even have some news about cohorts to share a little bit later into the fall. We are so excited to kind of launch back into conversation season. <laughs> and so without further ado, here's our conversation with Lane Kelly Sims. Today, we get to hang with a sister who is so filled with warmth. I feel like she invited me into warmth the very first time I met her. She's generous with inclusion and kindness, but she's also, to me, I think, fierce and unbreakable. I think that's a word that comes to my mind about what it takes to pursue passion and to pursue like a clear passion upstream against the resistance of all the forces that come against creatives or people who are setting a journey. And that can be a business person. That could be someone who's starting that journey to create a family and you've had failed pregnancies or whatever. To me, Lane is kind of that mix of that grit and determination, sure foundation, kind of strong, but also really, really warm and kind and affirming. Usually I don't say their name, but I just messed up and said your name, but that's okay. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> would you welcome with me, Lane Kelly Sears. Oh my God. <laughs> all right, y'all. All right, y'all. Lane. Thank you so much. <laughs> you are so welcome. I'm really thrilled that we get to have this conversation today. Like I said, you're such a warm person. But for me, you represent that com the warmth. I don't even know how to say that. It's the mix of you've been through the thing. So there's a the toughness that comes with that. But there's also gentleness where you've, it's almost like the mature version of like, you didn't put up the armor, but you became mm -hmm. tough enough to handle the resistance, but also still radiate warmth and kindness uh, gentleness, I think, too. Lane, how how does that resonate for you? Well, first off, I think I need to just record your in, my your intro of me so I can carry that around with me when I meet new people because it's so cool to hear how other people perceive you on first encounters. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And to know that I, I was received that way is just beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I think I'm doing something right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Lane, for me, when I thought about having a conversation with you, the main idea became, what does it really mean to pursue something that you really love? What does it mean to identify that thing, create clarity, and then really fight to make that thing your thing? It's it's wild because 
I do voiceover, which I'm sure you'll probably get into. <clears throat> and I won't go into that story, how I got to this point just yet, but to answer your question directly, I think I'm at a point in my life where there's a level of maturity there um, that allows me to, if I see something I want, I go after it. You know, do not pass go, do not collect $200. It's just, I'm going for it. Mm. Nothing's going to stop me because there's a level of confidence there that I didn't have in my 20s, mm -hmm. in my 30s. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I'm going to put a pause there, but that's kind of where it comes from at this point in my life. Mm. Well, would you share with us that journey? I kind of jumped ahead into some of that meaning. Would you share with us that journey of being, I don't even, I want to say smitten, but coming into this awareness that I want to do voiceover, making a transition from Texas to California to really go all in on this thing. Share with us what that meant. Sure. How much time you got? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep it short, as short as possible. So the short of it is, so when I was in college, started pursuing TV and film and acting in the traditional ways back home in Texas. And there was a big movie scene that was, um, that was coming, coming to life in Texas. And I booked a film, did the film, a Hollywood film, and ultimately had conversations. And the producer was like, you need to come out to L.A., you know. And being in my early 20s and naive and having a dream, you know, I was like six months after the premiere, I packed my bags and came out to L.A. with no job. Mm. <laughs> I was like, I just had a dream and my mom had some prayers. That's all I had. <laughs> um, and I pursued it for a few years going after it. And it's hard. Like, you see the finished product of the actors in the film doing great things, but the journey is rough. Mm. I mean, oftentimes, unless you're just born rich or have the proper connections, you have two and three jobs trying to, you know, maintain a life and actually pay for all the things that you need to actually become a good actor. You know, classes, pictures, um, all the things. Um so with that journey, I think, and the insecurity that I mentioned earlier that I didn't have, um, two or three years into L.A. and pursuing it and doing all the things, I quit. Mm. You know, I was half doing it. And I was like, you don't have the passion for it, so why waste your time? Why waste anybody else's time? Mm -hmm. And I quit. Mm. Um, never thinking I would return to the industry. But then, <laughs> in 2019... I was on social media, as I always am, and saw a clip of Hugh Jackman doing um, ADR or background voices to some of his movies. Mm. And something in me shifted. Whereas before, I'd be like, oh, that's cool, that's great. But in that moment, there was something in me that said, you need to take action. And it was only with voiceover. I didn't want to go back to being on, you know, on camera. Um, it was just VO. Mm -hmm. um, so I... You know, again, 15, 17 years later, different mindset, right? Mm. More confidence, more mature, more um, confident in who I am as, at, a core, at my core. Mm -hmm. And so I went after it 110%, and it was right before COVID. Um, so I was just at home. All I, all I had to do was <laughs> just pursue voiceover. Mm -hmm. Couldn't go anywhere. So let's use the time constructively and... And do it. Mm -hmm. um, and what is that, three years later? It's been a whirlwind, and it's been a gift to be creative again. Mm -hmm. Lane, when you shared your journey of facing the resistance or the reality of you have this big success on the front end, which invites you into mm -hmm. the industry. Wow, I, I, I made it. I'm on a feature film, and this is incredible. You have affirmation all around you. Director says, you need to move out to L.A. and really make this your thing. But you mentioned having insecurity in the midst of that. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that we all really feel. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I, I was going to say, it doesn't matter how expert we become in our field. There are still insecurities that can rise up in us. There are insecurities we brought with us from our family of origin. There are insecurities that come with us because we're aware of some of the lightning in a bottle, or we're aware of the different advantages or disadvantages, the things we're up against. Mm -hmm. And there can be a, a, a still small voice of fear almost, or a really loud voice mm 
resonating that that would be resistance to the path would you speak to how you carried that insecurity um i think naturally just as human beings um you know, if we don't know something and we're seeking out knowledge and awareness of, of what it, it what it takes to actually pursue something, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And when and then you start to compare, you know, your journey with other people, your successes or not success with other people. And when you start doing that, it almost paralyzes you. Mm-hmm. You know, you get in your head and um, and you just don't do the thing. And this industry is a hundred percent about rejection. Mm-hmm. You know, I can do hundreds of auditions and not get one call back. And that has to be okay. I have to love it just for the art. Mm-hmm. You know, and so once you are able to do that and have kind of your core of who you are not defined by that, I think that helps you just keep going. And as long as you're still having fun at the thing, you know, there, there's no limit. Yeah. <laughs> You said the core of who you are, not defined by the thing. I think that's really important in a world where there are so many different spaces that measure us based off so many different things. Mm-hmm. How many followers? How much money? Where are this? What was the last thing you booked? What is this? What is that? Yeah. There's so many different ways people measure us. What are you wearing? Uh, where are you eating? What kinds of foods do you get to eat? There's just so many ways we get measured. It's really, it's really, it feels really meaningful when you take that moment to say when the core of who you are isn't affected by that rejection or those other measurements, the voices from outside, then you can really enjoy your craft and really be about your yeah. craft in a way that's unstoppable. So for me, the next question that comes from that, you you mentioned a couple times early when you described your story and now when you describe that core of who you are not being shaken, you keep mentioning the word confidence. What happened in between I quit all this to when you just knew that VO was the thing, you mm-hmm. thought that the on-screen was the thing, you walk away from it, then when you came back and you felt like you just knew and you talked about having a different kind of confidence. How would you describe the confidence and how do you think that you cultivated it? I think just life experiences, right? Um, just having a, let's put it this way. At this point, I generally know who I am. Fundamentally, thank God, <laughs> I know who I am. And I think she's cool, mm-hmm. the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. And the only way to get to this point, I think, is just through life experiencing experiences, going through things, coming out ahead or not, and, uh, you know, learning those lessons along the way. Um, and as you do that, you gain the confidence just naturally. There was no big pivotal moment mm-hmm. <laughs> where I just was like, I got this. You know, there, there wasn't that. It was just life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if I put my early pursuits uh, side by side with where I am now, it's just, I'm okay with myself. That's it. It's core. Mm. And it came just from the time, just from journey. I think so. Um, You know, hopefully we all evolve over time. um, And we discover what's worked, what hasn't worked. Um, my faith is obviously a part of that, um, or maybe not obviously, depending on if you know me or not. But um, all of those things helped to mold and redefine who I am, and I like her. Mm. I want to talk about faith in just a moment, but I'm curious about how you think stepping away from art form and entertainment, mm-hmm. how that built the confidence that you now have? Stepping away from it. Um, It's interesting because I, in the moment when I decided to step away from it, it was just an evaluation of like, is this serving me? Am I serving the community 
the, the, the industry the way I had, had originally intended. And I wasn't. So once I actually was aware of that and acknowledged it and accepted the disappointment of it, um, I, it was easier to step away. And there was never the, oh, I can never come back to this. You know, I didn't think I would, mm-hmm. <laughs> but there was never that. It was just like, you know what? It's okay. You know, just step away. And, you know, this many years later, look where we are. Mm-hmm. We're back. And that's great, too. Yeah, when, when you talked about stepping away and then coming back, it reminded me mm-hmm. of those quotes about if you love something, you let it go, and it comes back to you. That the sense of, but what you just shared feels like the, the, the thing that they're trying to say when they say that quote, but they don't say when they say, like, if you love somebody, you'll let it go and it'll come back to you if it's for you. But what you talked yeah. about is some of the internal mechanisms of how you let go to reckon with this person, this place, this thing is no longer what I intended for it to be. Or I am not who I intend for myself to be when I am with this person or at this place or doing these things. They are no longer integral to who I am. They are now incongruent. They don't quite fit. And when you can name that and reckon with that, I wrote in my notes, reckoning. When you can have Mm. that reckoning with the reality of that, then you can let it go. But it initiates, it's not just about the letting go, it's about the becoming on our end of who we become. Mm-hmm. And the, the immense maturity that it takes to make a decision like that, to cut off a part of us that was so meaningful, that was so core to our identity, whether that was something we did or people we hung out with or the places we went, it's it's still that that level of, maturity to reckon with the reality that this is no longer who I am or this is no longer who I intend to be and to make the decision to set to set a new intention or to evaluate an, an old intention. Yeah. And I, I think to me that's what it means to be conscious or conscientious in our lives is reckoning with those intentions. And I'm not sure how many I'm not sure how many of us are really evaluating our intentions. I don't like saying that because I really believe the best in us. I think that there's, there are times when we get so swept up in the reality of maintaining whatever we have or just surviving that we lose yeah. sense of intention. So those words, intent, when you said intention, really stood out to me. One thing I want to say is that I don't think that when I was on my first phase of the journey, um, that I was that aware Mm, mm -hmm. that that's what I was doing. I think it's in, I think it's just in reflection, hindsight is 2020. That's what was happening. Mm -hmm. Um, and another part of myself that I become aware of is anything that disturbs my peace, Mm. I eliminate it. Um, so Back then, my peace was disturbed because I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled. And so I had to let it go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm writing that down. Anything that, that disturbs my peace is getting eliminated. Was that the most difficult thing to eliminate, that part of who you were, the actress part, or, or in that season? Well, yeah, because I didn't have much going on, <laughs> you know, aside, aside from that. Mm-hmm. Um, young, no real attachments, new to the city, all the things mm-hmm. that, you know, the industry was why I had moved out to L.A. So then it was like, okay, what, what the heck are you going to do now? You know, what's your purpose? Do you go home? Do you stay here? Um, clearly, I stayed. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it shook. But then, you know, just like anything else— um, you have to redefine who you are, redefine what's going to be important. What's your next thing? You know, um, and sometimes it's about survival. Like, what can I do? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think in large part, that probably dictated a lot. Like, I couldn't just sit there and wallow in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, I didn't have a job. So I was like, oh, shoot, I got to pay the rent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so just, you know, kind of pulling yourself up by the bootstraps, 
figuring it out, hustle, Mm -hmm. and move on to the next thing and figure it out along the way. Mm. Why do you think you chose to stay? Oh, my gosh. That was so long ago. (laughs) Why did I choose to stay? I think... I w- there was still a lot to discover. Mm-hmm. I don't even believe that going back was an option. Not because I couldn't, because Mama wanted me to come home, trust. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I think there was still so much to discover that I didn't know about L.A., about myself. This was a new adventure. And it didn't feel like the end. It just felt like the end of that thing mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I feel so much in me resonating with that mm-hmm. there's it feels like there's so much coming up in me around that inability to quit there's a level of grit that comes from you know what i was saying earlier about your grit and fight and resilience i really i resonate with that not allowing it feels kind of cheesy but that sense of like we're not going backward Mm -hmm. and I refuse to, you know, go back or go to a previous kind of thing. There's something that comes up in me (laughs) about, about that in seasons where things look unclear. Mm -hmm. But I think that's human, it's human nature to, for me, what has always felt true is when things don't feel clear, we grasp for the things that once provided clarity. They may no longer serve us. Like you talked about with the intentions and that reckoning. But when we're in a fight or flight survival mode, we're not doing as much reckoning as we're searching for stability and that sense of peace that you talked about. And for me, sometimes I know I'm drawn to, okay, what things, and I don't know that this is also intentional or conscientious either, but my mind is drawn towards where was peace before? And sometimes where peace Mm. was before is not going to be where peace is now. Those things, those places, those people can't provide the peace for this place in your life at this time in your life when you are becoming this version of you. So when you talk about that, I forget what exact word you said. When you said it, I was thinking renaissance uh, <laughs> for that becoming that you were going through. Yeah. Okay, so when we talk, when I talk about my piece, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. Um, I think that's how I'm motivated is like if – I don't know which what the next step is. I'm like, what's going to be the nearest thing to me that's going to res- help restore or redefine or give clarity to what peace can be? And it could just be being still. It's not necessarily taking action, but it could just be being still, mm-hmm. you know, evaluating and then taking the proper step based upon how I'm convicted or, you know, what's being dictated just in, in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, going back, I like standing still, looking at it as I'm just going to pause and evaluate versus I'm not going backwards. I'm just, that's not serving me. That's okay. Yeah. Be still, figure out the next thing and not look at it as a negative. Mm -hmm. It's all about, everything's about mind, mind, how you frame things, the mindset and Mm -hmm. I'm very much a Pollyanna, so that has served me well in my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I look for the good in things, mm-hmm. whether it's me being naive to stuff, which I'm sure I have been. Um, you know, that, that gets me forward. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you sharing that. And it means something to me because I think there are times when I'm expecting myself to do more than I should and maybe more than I'm capable mm. of in a moment. And that reminder that to me is really helpful and it feels really true. I was in a room the other day and 
I think I might have been at Starbucks. I was doing some work. My daughter's at soccer practice. And there's this like business guy at. I'm in this really um, high net worth part of town. And mm. this guy said, he's talking to this other person who's there. They don't really know each other. But the guy said, up and to the right, up and to the right. And it really bothered me. And I could hear him over my R&B, my, my voluptuous R&B that I'm like, you know, doing the works to, writing the grants to, and all the kinds of things. And I'm listening. Yeah. But up and to the right really bothers me. And I feel like when I'm conscientious, I know, like, life is not up and to the right. Life is, it is forward, backwards, three steps back, one step forward, a leap forward, a fall back fear it's it's filled with complication and it's it's just not up and to the right and you saying you know take a moment it doesn't you don't have to keep progressing sometimes it it's even the healthy i was going to say you don't have to keep progressing sometimes progress is standing still but then the the goal is still Hello. progress but really sometimes yeah. the best thing for you the healthiest thing it's not the progress thing. It's not the up and to the right thing. It's just the thing that serves you best is to be still. Mm -hmm. Release some of those expectations on yourself so you can get clear about intention. So you can evaluate, well, why did I make the last couple steps? Are those values still the things that drive my decision making now? Will that end me in the, can I see that leading me to the places I want to be down the road in the next few steps? So that, that really helped me when you said that. I just wanted to appreciate that. <laughs> no, you're welcome. It's <clears throat> it's the season that I'm in now. Mm. So I have a, I've been pursuing voiceover, but it's not my full-time job. Um, so I had a full-time corporate situation. It was fabulous um, because it afforded me the luxury of working from home, pay for all the things, um, and still do my VO. In May, I was laid off. And then we have the industry strike, the entertainment industry strike, and that's affecting my VO work. So some of the income I was getting from that is now like, okay, yeah. <laughs> what are we going to do? And I'm in a very much a season of uncertainty. Um, so I have to be still and figure out the next thing. Mm. Lane, M. You know, so. Excuse me. No, yeah. No, there's no. That's why I wanted to ask you about the. What's coming up for you around that? Um. I think. One. Expectation. Hmm. Throughout this journey, there's always been provision mm -hmm. and trusting that. Trusting that. Um, and so I'm naively expectant for the next thing to come. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it's going to be. But nevertheless, I'm expectant. Yeah. So I'm being still. Yeah. In the meantime. Mm. Because I don't want to make the wrong decision just out of desperation. Mm -hmm. um, out of the human inclination to just do something and see what sticks. Yeah. Um. So I'm just sharing my story, crying on camera, <laughs> um, and expectant because I don't know what it's going to look like, and I want to remain open. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Yeah. Made it awkward. No, no, no. It, <laughs> my mind is like, well, we can go back to the faith thing. But really, what comes up for me is 
the times when when I had choices to transition from a work or when someone else made the choice for me, mm-hmm. those were moments where I clarified, where I was reevaluating intention and reevaluating what values do I want to live my life into? What are going to be the things mm-hmm. that pull me forward or, or shape the ways I make decisions? As when I talk to different people, they talk about time, energy, money, and I always add meaning. And you know, mm-hmm. how how much time do I want to spend doing this, that, or the other? How much time can I? Where does meaning come from? How much money do I want to make? How much energy do I want to have at the end of the day or the beginning of the day? Or, um, but but for me, those times of transition have always been times where it was most clear. I could get a better sense of what I wanted and intended for myself and to try and recalibrate my internal compass towards those things. Yeah. That's what comes up for me. What in No, oh, no, sorry. no. Go ahead. Go <laughs> ahead. Go ahead. Um to kind of piggyback on what you're saying, in the stillness of not having the day job, Mm -hmm. not having as much VO work, it eliminates distraction. Mm. You know, I don't, I have increased capacity to be still and gain clarity on things. Um, So we also have to look at it that way. Sometimes we're forced to be still so we can figure it out. Mm -hmm. Other things are stripped away, kind of like during COVID. It was a horrible season, right? Mm -hmm. But it required, it, it, made us sit still, sit in the thing, all the things, and it stripped away a lot of things so you could just see what's what's left and hey is and evaluate like hey is this working? Is this not working? And then what am I gonna do about it? Mm. And I think that's okay. Yeah. I think about the people is and it's neither bad nor good, but the people who set their intention twenty years ago and they've been plotting down that same path for twenty years and it's created stability, but you've they've never been forced to reckon and forced to be mm-hmm. still. It's a that just comes up for me around what you're sharing is that because I don't want to tie a bow on it. I too am an eternal optimist. I too am looking for the, the silver lining and I, but there is, there is growth to be had. There is Mm -hmm. realignment to be created in the midst of that being still when things get stripped away then we can see what really matters and if they never do then we're never going to do that work we really aren't why would we everything's good it's interesting because the the job market right now is wild and i've been connecting with people that are anomalies i think in the current world because they've been doing the same job and had tremendous success um, doing this one thing you know, and they had the evolution of their careers. And when they got laid off, everything fell apart because their identity was their output for whatever that job was. And so, and not to say that having those long careers with the same company is not a good thing, but it's just echoing what you're saying. They never had to evaluate what's working, what's not working, and identify who they are outside of that in that that job or that career or that pursuit. Um, but I've done a million different things, reinvented myself a million different times, so my identity couldn't be those things mm-hmm. that I was doing. Mm-hmm. It had to just be in how I, I was showing up in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and take that into the different things, let that shine, and move forward. Mm. When you say that to me, it becomes so clear. 
why I can sense so much warmth around you, why my daughters ran up to you for unsolicited <laughs> hugs. It's that level of I am who I am and I will be in this space or this space and I can provide value doing this job or that thing. But I am who I am. I'm going to bring all of me into these spaces. These spaces don't necessarily, they do shape us, but I am not yeah. determined by these spaces. I just bring me into these spaces. That, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I can do. Yeah. You know? Trying to be trying to reinvent or recreate myself with each new environment is exhausting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um, this is all I got. Me is all I got. So that's what you're going to get. Take it or leave it. And that wisdom comes out of confidence, out of growing older. And, um, you know, you can't please everybody. Mm -hmm. So either you like it or you don't. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be everybody's favorite cup of ice cream. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's really, I think there's a lot of wisdom there. <laughs> I, I'm imagining, you know, the people who I think listen, they've done that work. But I, it's always a great reminder just to remember <laughs> that, like, I mean, we're not built to please everybody. We're not here to please really everybody. And the more that we can relinquish, surrender that pressure, the more we can just be free, the more winsome yeah. we can be, the more us, the more you, you can be. When you release mm -hmm. the expectation that everybody is going to like you or you want every, that, in, that intention in your own heart, the more that you can be you. And the more free you can be to be you. I mean, and think about it. Sometimes it's hard to wrap our brain around that, right? That not everybody's going to like me. But I'm like, okay, do you like everybody? <laughs> do you want to? I mean, personally, like, do you want to hang around with everybody that you meet? Mm. And I'm like, I want to say yes because I'm a, you know, I just love everybody. I was like, no, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So why can't that be true for you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because because we're the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> you know? I mean, I can see that. I can see the, the ways that, for me, some of my, um, uh, I don't know how to, the right way to frame it, but I know that some of my personality stuff is, there's a pride there. And it's not a super obvious mm -hmm. pride that my, the pride, it kind of shows itself as like, I know better than you know what you want. I know better than you know what mm -hmm. you need. And so that, that causes, you know, some, some little stress in my partnership where, you know, I'm, I'm breaking the platinum rule and Karen says, no, this is what I want from you. And I say, oh, I, I know you said that, but I, you really want this because I just know better. Yeah. But I, I do appreciate that just being remembering like, we're just not everybody's cup of tea so some people might think that they want that some people might think i'm nobody's cup of tea mm -hmm. and there's a there's some correction that can be had there to know that there is community for you there are people who really resonate with your pain your wound your fears your um your excitements your joys your pleasures where you find peace and that you are not alone in that <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're not, we're living these lives, but we're not really telling new stories. Mm. They're just new to us. Yeah. You know, so somebody else has lived it, some version of it, where there's something in your story by sharing it is going to resonate. It's not going to be the exact same story, but it'll be something that resonates and speaks to their heart and inspires them, makes them mad. It does some, it ri something rises up in them because they're like, okay, I see myself in that person, even if it's just the tiniest of details. Yeah. Lane, earlier you mentioned faith being a part, a proponent of hope and the ability to believe that something good is going to come. You, you didn't articulate it that way. That's how I 
I'm hearing it, especially in the context of all of what you've shared. How has faith provided that kind of hope or trust or belief for you? Um, emotions rising up again. Um, I think what I said earlier um, kind of epitomizes that. You know, when you hear the 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 phrase, there's a way out of, there, a, ma- a way was made out of no way, mm. right? Mm-hmm. That's very real. Mm. And if we move through life looking at how provision has been given mm. over and over again, when you didn't deserve it, when you didn't have anything to do with the outcome, Mm -hmm. it just came to you. Yeah. One would be remiss not to not only acknowledge that, but move through life with that expectancy. Get it together, Lane. <laughs> it is. I'm a crier just naturally, so. Well, yeah, I think it's a, a beautiful gift. So, that's where my faith comes from. It's been proven over and over again. Mm-hmm. And to... Yeah, you know, there's a 50-50 chance things are going to work out in any given situation, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I choose to walk in the light, to walk in the positive. Mm -hmm. Because there's no reason I shouldn't. I hope that answered your question. (laughs) It really did. (laughs) It really did. For me, in my faith journey, I feel like I'm in a place where, for me, what my journey looked like was, while I was younger, (laughs) it was, God, help me, you're going to do all this. So I'm just going to like put this into your hands and you're going to do whatever you do. And like, you're going to do the best things for me, which to me felt like stripping a lot of agency and responsibility. It was kind of the easy way out. Just like, okay, God, you got this. Like, you'll make a decision. You'll close the door for me. You'll open the doors for me. And my last really, you know, intentional season of life was about creation and my creative power, my agency in my life. Mm -hmm. And practicing that creative power and that ability to cause things instead of just, you know, waiting for God to cause things. One quote that uh, an author wrote, he said, it's not up to you, but it's not not up to you. Yep. And there's that level, there's that level that to me that holds the complexity of you have a part to play, but it doesn't, even when you do all the things right, sometimes it doesn't work out. Even when you give a thousand percent, things still can go wrong in a business, in a marriage, in relationships. I mean, it, things can go wrong. And so, but for me, now the season of faith, it was like, God, you got it all. I'm just kind of here and I'm your little pawn. You just tell me where to go, I'll go. And I'll try to infer that and, and discern that. And then the last season was really about like, no, I'm made in your image and I have the same creative power. You put that spark in me so I can instigate things in this world and create. And now I'm in the place of integrating both of those. And there's a myriad Mm -hmm. of other kinds of ways to hold faith and divinity. But for me, I'm in that space of, of surrender and just my prayer, even with my daughters and things is different now where 
I used to pray for things that were up to me, right? And mm. now, and then I became like, well, I'm not going to pray about much. And now I pray for the things that are out of my control, for the ways that there is protection for things that I can't be alert to. I'm ignorant to. I can't prevent. Mm-hmm. I can't know that I'm going to get laid off. I can't know that, you know, there's a drunk person or a drunk motorcyclist. I can't know those things. Or there's a family member who's whatever. So for the things that I do know, you know, help me to be alert and to be disciplined or to be um, creative and generative in my life. And for the things I don't know, those are the spaces where it's, where it's beyond me. And that's where my mm-hmm. spirituality is now. My faith is about God be with me guide me I'm, I'm i'm grateful for your presence in those spaces but those are the spaces where i'm asking now i'm learning stuff from you <laughs> in that um <clears throat> praying for what you don't know because you i mean in, in all areas of life you don't know what you don't know yeah. um so asking god to show you the things to give you the capacity to manage the things well, because life is going to happen mm. and it's going to disrupt your plan. Mm-hmm. Um, you can count on it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's beautiful and a and a and a bit of wisdom that I need to to uh, actually employ a bit more, because God is infinite and sovereign and all everything. So why would we? approach the divine with this when he's capable of this. You can't see my hands. Of this. <laughs> um, I'm limiting my expectancy. If we go back to that Oh, word. yeah. Uh-huh. If I'm saying, because my brain is here, mm-hmm. but what's possible and what God's able to do is here. So pray for the in-between. Yes. Mm-hmm. What am I not seeing? Mm-hmm. What what am I not seeing clearly? What do I need to shut down? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, all the dynamics of of that. <sighs> yeah, Lane, we talked about a, a a scripture beforehand, but I think in the context of our conversation, I'm reminded of a psalm. And I'm going to read it. And would you just share with me what comes up for you in this moment about, uh, oh my goodness, about this psalm. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm going to read the whole psalm. It's from Psalms 46. Okay. It says, God is our refuge and our strength. I'm going to pause. As a VO person, I'm... I, Every reading and every sound you hear is an interpretation. And for me, I was getting ready to kind of like do the heralding thing, but I'm going to slow down and I'm going to read it from a place of like the, the, the still small place where you're being reminded of something, but you're still kind of agonizing and you're just Mm -hmm. rehearsing something that doesn't quite yet feel true. So I'm imagining that the writer here, uh, this is Psalms. They're, many different writers of Psalms. I'm, I'm going to imagine and frame it as though this person is reminding themselves of the God they were raised believing in. Like mm-hmm. I imagine you and I were both raised believing in that kind of victorious God in a moment they needed to know that. And they kind of settle mm-hmm. in this space that is interesting. So we'll, we'll go back to it. Psalms 46. God is our refuge and our strength. God, God, You are an ever-present help in my trouble. Okay. We don't have to fear. Even though the earth under my feet is giving away and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though the waters of the mountains roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwells. God is within her and she will not fall. Mm. 
God will help her at day, even when the day breaks. Nations are in an uproar, kingdoms fall, but God lifts God's voice and the earth melts. Yahweh Almighty is with us. You are the God of Jacob. You are our fortress. Come and see what Yahweh's done. The desolations God's brought on the earth. But God also makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. God breaks the bow and shatters the spear. God burns the shields with fire. God invites us all saying, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Yahweh Almighty is with us. God is our fortress. Psalms 46, the whole chapter, verses 1 through 11. Lane, when you hear that in the midst of literally right where you are, this space, Mm -hmm. what comes up for you? My brain immediately, because I've heard this before um, over the years, the scripture, um, my brain immediately went to, it feels like a pregame coach speech. Uh. Um, Where they're stating the facts. This is, you know, we haven't had a great season. Mm -hmm. Things are rough. We're down a player or two. So-and-so has a, you know, broken leg. But at the end of the day, we know what you're capable of. We know who you're with, who has you. And just remember that. Mm. Yeah, when you say that, continue, please continue. Yeah, I'm not sure if why that analogy came to mind because I'm not a sports person, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it felt like. It felt like a pep rally, a pep talk when things aren't looking that great. To just remember, you have the power already and the potential to get through all the things, mm-hmm. and you're not alone in all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that really resonates for me about that the halftime pep talk when you didn't quite sometimes it's not you didn't do well. It's just the circumstances weren't well. Mm-hmm. For we don't those are out of our control. You can do as well as you can do, and the circumstances can still render us powerless, render us yeah. afraid. There's so much there. So that 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 really resonates. For me, I think about faith and this kind of belief. If this is mm-hmm. what we believe to be true, that God is with us, that the Almighty, I think he says at the ending, yeah. Yahweh Almighty is with us. God is our fortress. There's a way that we behave and there's a real tension mm-hmm. to that because my bank account is saying one thing, but the faith of this belief is saying another, I was going to say another, but it doesn't, they're not two different things. Different. Mm-hmm. The, the bank account is declaring what is in the bank account. But the, the faith in this scripture is declaring what is within us, the possibility within us, the possibility around us, and mm-hmm. the, the, that kind of creativity and generativity that would cause mountains to crumble or the, the, the ocean's waves to crash and foam. and Yeah, that, that kind of comes up for me. When I'll speak for my first person. Yeah. <laughs> when you cultivate and kind of breathe in 
that level of faith, mm. mm-hmm. you can more easily or readily and confidently walk into those challenging spaces. Um, you're like, whatever comes. I know you got me. And I'll be okay. That's what's rising up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For me, the question that comes up in this moment, it's not a question I usually ask. It's one that an old friend used to kind of use, but it's really what's the alternative? I mean, I mean, we really can't, you know, put our faith in the the opposite too. That like we're alone and it's all up to us and we're not safe and we're very vulnerable and we don't have an ability to meet this moment. Mm-hmm. That's that's scary. That does not feel empowering. That does not spark or spur me on to like become my best self. Yeah. I have to be careful because <clears throat> as a Pollyanna, uh-huh. I have to recognize that that sensibility isn't always readily available in other people. Mm-hmm. So you have to acknowledge where they are and what's going on and, it, and, and all of the negativity that will rise up naturally and where our brains will go. But at the same time, you have to be still. Look at what you've been through. Recognize who's with you. And actively pursue, you know, a train of thought or train of heart mm-hmm. that believes it, mm-hmm. believes the good. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise we're paralyzed. You know, and even if things don't work out, wouldn't you rather pursue the thing in light than in the drudgery of worst case scenarios and what ifs and we always know there's a, there's an alternative. We always know that. But I choose to walk in the light. Mm. Whatever comes. Mm. I appreciate that. And I think for me, there's something that does come up too, though, about personality types and how we carry stress and pain and fear and emotion. Mm-hmm. Because I, I'm with you. I, again, I, it's like, well, what's the alternative? But I can hear the voices of my friends that, you know, the, the ways that they're processing is not the same. Mm-hmm. And it really is like, sometimes we've been so wounded by our family of origin or by the people we weren't supposed to be wounded by that it really destroyed our ability to believe for good, to have faith and to have hope. Well, we were so hurt. We were so betrayed. We were so wounded. We were so abandoned that. So I I do want to hold space for that because I know that there are those of us who are listening where it's just like, yo, it sounds real easy when y'all say it, but like for me, Mm -hmm. it's, I am alone. Like my visceral gut response to the pain is alone. Loneliness. That's very real. And one thing that I want to get better at is, you know, being there for people that are going through all the things, very real things, and don't have that light at the end of the tunnel tunnel kind of mindset, how can I show up for them in an impactful way that's not just me saying, oh, it'll be okay, yeah. or, you know, mm-hmm. God's got you, mm-hmm. you know. Um, because if I'm honest, 
I haven't really been through some things. You know, like, really. Like, life hasn't always been great, right? Yeah. For one reason or another. But I haven't really been through some things. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so, but being able to use my ness to impact people that have. Yeah. In a way that's going to be life-giving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> that feels really powerful. And to me, I'm reminded of, you know, when Jesus said, mourn with those who mourn and mm-hmm. rejoice with, you know, celebrate with people who are celebrating and mourn with those who mourn. There is, there's empathy and solidarity that we're invited into in that, where we learn what it means to be walk with somebody when they're, you know, when they lose a, a partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learn what it means to celebrate with somebody when they have their child, the long awaited child after the two miscarriages the three miscarriages, to be with them with the, during the miscarriages and to be with them when the child finally is delivered, healthy baby, healthy mama. Uh, those are healthy baby. You know, it's, 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 I think that's the invitation. That's that kind of empathy and, and mm-hmm. relationship that really, that's to me, that's iron sharpening iron. When I sit with my friends who are, they just have different perspective than me. And I can bring my like, everything's possible and like everything is a learning thing. And no matter how painful this is for me right now, like I can learn mm-hmm. and I can grow and, and all that is true. And it's okay to hurt and it's okay to be confused and it's okay to feel things aren't just, this isn't right. And that goes back to that reckoning thing that you talked about earlier. And I think, you know, this, this passage just, in the midst of all of that and all of our personality types, that it still remains that we're invited to be still and know mm-hmm. that there is a God beyond our ability to control, manipulate, instigate things in the world, that God is at work in the world and at work in us. And we can surrender to that. That's why I think it's a really critical, you know, step in the 12 steps of recovery. Mm-hmm. Of just like naming that higher power, learning surrender, learning, and and that gives belief and imagination for a reality beyond what we've ever created because what's ever been up to us. Yeah, man, Lane, I'm so so grateful for your generosity with your story and your emotions as you talked about the 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 real deal of pursuing entertainment in Los Angeles and finding a job and finding new ways to love creativity and to act Mm -hmm. off the camera and finding new ways to pay bills and then to have those things taken away, to be so generous with that. And at the end of the day, to remind us like that we can remember that there is possibility and hope even when that's not our natural proclivity, that mm-hmm. it still doesn't make it less true just because we don't intuit it or that's not our natural response. And I, I'm really grateful for you. I'm grateful for you with that. Well, thank you for the invitation, the ability to be transparent, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Whether, whether I want it to be or not, <laughs> really transparent and real. Um, and I hope that this this uh, this conversation is is a blessing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to not just you and me and those that are listening. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, I appreciate you, sister. For those of you listening, I think this is that reminder that we can be still in the midst of all the transition, all the change, the ways that things that we didn't think. We're going to be taken away. We're taken away. You, you talked about uh, the expectations. When we are reckoning with things outside of what we expected, that 
you may be still and you don't have to keep creating progress in the midst of your pain or your anguish or your confusion. You can be still. And in that stillness, sometimes it takes a long time, Mm -hmm. but you can come to that place where knowing there is a God and a power that is for you and on your side and within you and be still and know that that's true and to find kind of that realignment for yourself and that new sense of confidence that will move you forward. So know that you are loved, know that you're not alone and know that we will put the contact stuff for Miss Lane in the show notes. Um, You can find her at lanekelly.com. Listen to her really cool voiceovers for all kinds of industries. Lane, any way you want people to connect with you specifically? Yeah. um, You gave my website. Thank you. (laughs) Um, um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. The handle is the same for both. Lane Kelly, K-E-L-O-Y, Sims, S-I-M-S. And there you will get all sorts of randomness <laughs> <laughs> that I hope brings you joy. Come on. All right, family, know that you are loved and we are family. And that's just the way it is. Until next week, peace.